This is Blake 7 in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by 5 to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters and occasionally the not-so-one-offs. Who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory and anything that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, but this is going to be spoiler heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the episode first. Hello, Ian. Hello, Eric. Help me out, Ian. I don't want to do season four by myself. It's got to be done. It has got to be done. I mean, we haven't really said this, but what we're doing um, in this show is we're going to do a character from season one, two, three, four, then have a special, then go one, two, three, four. To do that, we've got to talk about four. We have, yes. And I thought we might as well start with the first episode and get that out of the way. Yeah, well, I mean, I've not watched four a lot since I've... uh... Well, since the VHS days, really. But the ones I always used to watch were the first episode, Rescue, and Blake. <laughs> and I sort of skipped, luckily, which was the entire season for the rest of it. Uh, so I've not I've not watched Rescue for, oh, I'm trying to think. Must, well, it must have been the VHS days, so someone can work out how long ago that was. And this is the first season four episode I've watched in the Blu-ray set. And I've watched all the other episodes of seasons one to three. Um, so, yeah, it... It does feel like this is going to be a chore. It well, I'm, that's a long time since you saw it. Yeah. So you've you've had season four on Blu-ray, but never watched yes, any of them. Never watched it. I watched seasons one to three, and uh, season one a couple of episodes several times, um, but I've not been tempted yet to put season four in. So this was this was like a a breaking of the seal on season four when you uh, asked me to look at this program. I feel suitably honoured. Yes, yeah, I think you would. Otherwise, they they might never have been used. They might never have had a purpose, those discs, other than see, lovely cup holders. See, that kind of says it all, really, doesn't yeah. it? It yeah. does. It's. Um, I was, I was surprised how. I'll use the word crap. This episode looked. Now I know behind the scenes this this was a surprise season, wasn't it? Unless mm-hmm. I think this is true. I don't think it's a, a sort of fan folklore that they only found out about season four when the continuity answer said on the on terminal that Blake Seven will be back in the new year, um, and it was down to the controller's wife or something. This is the, this is the story that's stuck in my head. The the controller's wife liked it, so they he decided to give them another season. So. This this season and this episode in particular felt like, oh my God, we've ruined the program. We need to get back to where we were before the tail end of last season. Mm. And it does, yeah, it felt a bit like that, but with no budget, which is saying something for Blake Seven. It is. I mean, you know, they have totally and utterly um, painted themselves in the corner, shot themselves in the foot, whatever analogy you want to come up with. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, Terminal aired. It was it aired on the 31st of March, 1980. Everybody was watching it that evening, including the cast and the crew, all sitting there with their glass of wine. That's it. You know, two, three years of this show over. We'll go on to pastures new. And up comes the a continuity announcer saying that Blake Seven will be back next year. And I'm sure yeah. across the country, everyone involved spluttered yeah. <laughs> in, into Pro- their probably wine Probably none glasses. more so than the production crew, yeah. When they realised we haven't got any sets, 
We haven't got any scripts. We haven't got a ship. We haven't got anything. Absolutely, they've yeah. blown. They've blown yeah. up the Liberator. They've yeah. destroyed. Yeah. I mean, when um, at the end of Terminal, when you see you know the the uh, Liberator flight deck blowing up, it is blowing up because it was yeah. all going into the skip the next day. <laughs> yeah, it's this this you know, like say this is a classic hoist on their own petard sort of thing, isn't it? It's they and weirdly. I'm sure we'll go into the story, but weirdly, the story is very much there's there's not really a story. It's we need to get a teleport system back. We need to get them to have better guns than the Federation back. Mm. We need them to have a ship, and that goes on over the next few episodes. That's faster and better than the Federation. It's it's very much like you know the underneath a duck paddling like mad to stay in place. Yeah, I mean back in 1981, you know when this uh, came out. Can you remember how you felt about it when you watched it I, when it was first yeah, aired? Yeah, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember being upset that Zen was gone. Uh, I don't really remember being that upset that Callie goes. Um, so it, uh, I, I've appreciated it more on repeat viewings, but I didn't really like the character to start, you know, on the initial run. Mm. Um, so I wasn't. I, I knew something had changed because the look of the program changes completely um and i i even then i was sort of under the i could feel that this was almost a dumbing down mm. this this started to feel very much like the, no offense to star wars but very much like star Wars. this was now the star wars universe where it's you know they're not really worried about anything it's the you know it's it's almost the, the mythic storytelling mm. um and also, I have to admit, I remember being thoroughly embarrassed by most of the guest stars for season four. I think the the the, the quality of the guest stars went right downhill, which is which mm. is not good for a, a a podcast about the guest stars of yeah. Blake Seven, really. Oh, it might be good. I don't. The know. word you say there, quality. I mean, that's it. The quality yeah. was completely different. I mean, you know. Um, I I wanted to like it. It's Blake Seven. I wanted more of what I had been having, and yep. but you know I, I can remember before it came out, or exactly the same time you uh, you know you had the magazine Blake Seven Monthly came out. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I distinctly remember looking at all the photos and going, "This is different. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> this doesn't look quite right." And and I th I think that was my attitude. What through watching the whole of season four is like this isn't right. This isn't yeah. Th this should be something else than this. Yeah, I think that you, you summed it up there. It doesn't feel right. And rewatching this episode for this podcast, it it didn't feel like Blake Seven to me. No, no. It has a few Blake Seven touches. It actually it feels like there's been a twenty year gap and they've come back to make it, but everyone's sort of forgotten how they played it. Mm. No one's quite. I mean. Avon sort of is now, I mean, he sort of goes from a, 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 a quotable but interesting leader, sort of stroke, not is he the leader, into this. He's an action hero. Hmm. It's it's strange. Um, yeah, it just it feels off. I'll tell you what, what looking at this episode, um, um, it reminded me of, it was almost a spoof. Of yeah. Blake Seven. I mean, yeah. especially. I mean, we'll come up to it um, later on um, when 
well, actually, it's not into the next episode that they get the teleport working again yeah. and everything. And it's like almost like a two Ronnies spoof of Blake Seven with some of the cast. It's the sort of thing you'd see Crackerjack. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, when yeah. Crackerjack used to reenact Doctor Who, and you'd have you know a terrible Tom Baker on there and really shoddy it, yeah. effects. It's like it was, a spoof. Blake yeah, Seven. it had all the elements, but they were all a little bit crap. Yes, <laughs> and this is what this is. So it's got, like, I say they. It, over the next few episodes, let's say where they get the, the the star drive and the teleport, but it's sort of we've got we've got a ship with a computer, sentient computer. It's a bit crap. We've got a set of guns. They're a bit crap. We've got a teleport system. All oh, the effects are a bit crap. Everything's yeah, like you say, it's a pastiche or a fan written, mm. a fan produced version that they you know they used what they had lying about in their cosplay cupboard. I, yeah. It's not. It's not right. <laughs> I know. And and you referred to Star Wars earlier, and I think maybe that's what they were going for because I by the time so, eighty ones come along, you know, we've had Star Wars, we've had the Empire Strikes Back, and it's like, okay, well, we've got to start again. All right, let's let everybody loves the Millennium Falcon. This time, instead of having this alien ship, let's yeah. have a beat up freighter, just like the Millennium yep. Falcon. You know, and Dorian, who will, who is our character today, I'm sure they're thinking of. And, and, you know, Jeffrey Burridge plays it almost like a Han Solo type when you first yeah. have him. He has a cockiness there. And I'm sure that was a, an influence on, on some of the direction. Oh, I, for season I, I think so. I mean, like the, the clip guns are, are quite obviously based on Han Solo's mm. pistol, the shape, the look. Um, it, the slave is very much a, almost a Star Warsian subservient. Uh, robot, uh, yeah, I I think Star Wars has hit, and they've thought we're doing science fiction. We have to make it more Star Wars rather mm-hmm. than play to our strengths. And weirdly, I think when people think back of Blake Seven and they think back, I'm not talking about fans, but like the general public, they think back not fondly. And it's, just, I think they're thinking of this season, mm, over the right. top, gaudy, um, wobbly cardboard walls. I, yeah, I think it's mainly this season that unfortunately is the public's perception. And you know what? If they ever bring it back, th- th- this is probably, it'll be more like season four than it will yeah. seasons one to three. It's such a shame because, you know, in episode one of this show, we were saying about, you know, the difference between when you yeah. wa- watch The Way Back, the very first episode, and then watch, well, anything from season four. It's just startling the, 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 the difference between the two shows. Yeah, I mean, it's. It took Doctor Who. It would be like watching the first episode of Doctor Who, An Earthly Child, and then watching A Nightmare of Eden. It's mm. that jarring a change, but that took quite a number of years and cast changes. And I, I'm just I'm staggered by the fact that these are the same people that you know less than a year ago had made season three, and were they were they not? fully 100% behind it because I mean you certainly watch an episode other than I think Villa's very good in this episode although again almost a caricature Villa but everyone else is a caricature of their their characters that have been built up so so well over the sort of well in some cases the last three seasons indeed indeed 
Right. All right. Then, well, let's get on to the episode. Um, oh, and... do we have to? I think we should now. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> we... Back to season one. <laughs> yes. Right. No, on to the episode. And, you know, we've got a new season. And that means yep. we've got a new change with all new credits. Oh, God. Aren't they awful? They're so... Well... They're so... I... Well, I can remember back, back in 81, you know, the flight display thing. You, you, yeah. You know, looked to me quite impressive. It wasn't anything to do with Blake Seven, but no. it did look quite impressive, you know. I yeah, I suppose. I I mean, it, it's difficult to get your head back what what your, your what your impressions would have been at the time. Yeah, you might have thought, well, this is new, this is interesting, but watching it certainly watching it now it looks Captain Zep like. Not probably it, it actually does. probably not as bad as season three's opening credits which look really cheaply done now yes um these are probably a step up from them in production value but like you say they they don't actually tell you anything about the program no and and uh, it's a horrible new logo season four oh, got yes. the, yeah. the, the the worst logo i mean what was wrong yeah. with the original one uh i think i think this was the this was the year of uh update and everything wasn't it doctor who got its neon logo and its new theme tune and this got this i mean i I can remember you issue one of blake seven magazine they gave you an iron on transfer with this logo on (laughs) and i can remember that no matter what you did with it you ended up with a bleary mess on your t-shirt and that sort of sums Sums up the program (laughs) it's a bleary mess yeah Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Oh dear, it's right, a pale oh, copy of itself. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Yeah. Right, so so the credits are out the way, and yep. we we've got Avon and Dana on a snowbound terminal. Now, what I do like about this is, you know, we say terminal was meant to be the very last episode, and that was the 31st of March, yeah. 1980. The announcement, oh, it'll be back next year. Rescue, this episode comes out on the 28th of September, 1981. That's 18 months between terminal and this one but there's no recap there's not there's nothing that they drop you straight back into the story and i think this is good i think the bbc have realized there is a large fan blake seven fan base who will remember the events of terminal even though it's 18 months later because this story starts well maybe what an hour after the events of terminal yeah yeah it, it literally is a continuation of of the like you say the last episode but that is yeah i never even twigged that that is very weird that there wasn't even a although the, I, I suppose perhaps we're used to the last season on type things out they weren't that common were they on you, you no. never really got them i mean if they ever did one on doc two it was like what oh oh what's it so i perhaps it's um perhaps it's just something they didn't do yeah, I mean, we get dialogue coming up, you know, uh, filling in the gaps and, and yeah. stuff and a reminder. But I think that's quite nifty. Um, mm. The weather, even though it might be an hour or so um, um, later, the weather is totally different. Now it's a yes. snowbound terminal. Um, it, it, but it's I, a lovely uh, Welsh summer. Yeah. It is. You're right. <laughs> yeah. um, it looks good. My favourite bits of this episode are the ones on terminal mm. because it, it looks good. It, I mean, you can't beat a bit of outdoor filming, even though it's obviously presumably up Snowden or somewhere like that. But it look it looks really nice. Um, it uh, it feels cold. I, I pity the actors. Yeah, and you've got that background almost heartbeat thump, haven't you? Yeah, 
which is good. The, the sound of the planet, you know. And I don't mind the fact that it's snowy, even though it's an hour later, because it can be explained. Terminal's an artificial yeah. planet with massive, massively accelerated growth. So you will have these changes of weather abruptly. I mean, soon we're going to have volcanoes. Well, stock footage yeah. of volcanoes. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, that can be explained away. It's, it's interesting that they did... It, it feels very... I don't know um, how big of a Star Trek fan you are, but it feels very much like uh, the Genesis planet in Star Trek 3, to the point where and then you realise, this was before that. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very similar sort of... You've got snow and you've got the volcanoes at the end, and it's, it's an artificial planet that's that's uh, ageing in spurts. And it's like, oh, but they did it first. Yeah, indeed. We were mentioning Star Wars, though, and when you see Avon, he's got his lovely studied outfit with his studied gloves, has, yeah. you know, and, and it, I'm guessing that's the BBC's attempt at Star Wars's macro binoculars. Um, yes. Except yeah. the thing he holds up, it's way too, <laughs> way too big, way too clumsy. It looks like he's got a mini Hoover or something. <laughs> That, that it does, yeah. The, the the BBC never really got it right in in predicting the future that things would get smaller. Everything no. got bigger, didn't it? I was thinking about this actually. What I like about the Blake Seven future is that it is most definitely a analog future. It's not a digital yes. future. That's why when we've been talking about there's bloody great aerials on everything and everything is physical with bloody great knobs and things like that. It's the internet never happened. The digital era never happened in this universe, did it? Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything is radio waves, isn't it? It's yeah. yeah. They, they haven't, they haven't got dab yet, have they? Probably sensibly, but um, yeah. It's a very. I mean, I love sci-fi for this reason that it's it tells you so much about the time it was made, mm. rather than the time that they're predicting. Um, and this, yeah, and everyone's hair's got very bouffanty. It has in, in the last hour on Terminal. Yeah. Well, we're properly. I mean, you know, um, yeah. s- season three was at, uh, on the crossover between the seventies and the eighties. Yeah. We are properly in the eighties now. Oh, we'll be we're talking slam about bam that. In it, yeah, yeah, but yeah, these macro binoculars—they make a big deal out of um, showing how the lens is refocusing on the front. Now that looks and sounds like they've got you know some sort of cordless drill, <laughs> you know, stuck on the front of that. The way that whirs and turns yes. like that. I imagine I, that's probably what it was, yeah. And I love it. I, I, what you're saying there about being accurate, if you tried being too accurate, you know, I think it would misfire even more. I like the clunkiness of Blake 7 technology. There's a, I can't remember what episode it's in. It's definitely first season. I think it might be Travis using it, but he's got some sort of radio communicator and he talks into it and then he has to hold it up to his ear yeah. to actually hear the other person talking well, back. What I think what this is, you so say you've got Star Wars, and Star Wars is Americans in space. This Blake 7 is the British in space. We conquered space. And I think we would keep the retro. We wouldn't want to improve things. Mm. It would be seen as a waste of money. It's good enough. <laughs> you know, you've got a radio set. It's good enough. Just put some spangly, sparkly stripes on it. It's and- a space radio set. Well, exactly. For anyone who wants to recreate Blake Seven props or costumes, oh, all that yeah. stuff's out there. Just go down to the boot yeah. sale. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just go to a skip. You yep. know, <laughs> you'll probably pull out the actual props. Uh, yeah, I, I do like from as a as a costumer and a uh, prop builder, as like yourself, a prop builder. I, I love spotting what they've used, mm. and because it gives you a, 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 a an in then to build it yourself. 
Yes, absolutely. And yeah. even if you mess up the paint job, that doesn't matter because they have. No. You know? Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> they, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. It's actually it's more authentic if you can see the glue marks. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Right. So Avon, he goes, it's just a link, um, which is yeah. an extra in a pretty duff ape suit going into a silver panel, which we're supposed to believe is the spaceship that Serverland left for them. Yes. It's not. It's a silver panel that he's going in, and it's com- the sides of the rest of it is hidden by a tree either side, so you don't see that it is just a silver panel. Yeah, it's at best it's a shed, isn't it? <laughs> it's a shed with something <laughs> lent against it. <laughs> yep. Um, and he goes, "It's going in. Move," because um, he s- smells a rat. And then we get yeah. stock footage of Koza's ship. Blowing yeah. up our story. Now, back in our second yeah. episode, we were going, yeah, that explosion, that's used somewhere else. Well, here it yeah. is, season yeah. four. It's Cozy Ship. If, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's, this is the, is, perhaps this might be the third out in. I still think, I still think it was too good for that episode that, from season uh, two. So, yeah, I, well, perhaps we'll come across it again. It'll be like a little old friend. Yeah, yeah, coming, coming back, back to visit us. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Um, so it blows up. Avon reckons, reckons it's only half a booby trap. And that most probably the underground base would have gone up too. Um, yeah, a- Avon's a bit of a, a, a clever clogs in this episode, isn't it? He's read the script. Hmm. Everything he sort of thinks is correct. And he, I mean, he, he puts a line in where, um, which I think is quite a nice line where uh, Dana says, are you not fed up with always being correct? And he says, not only with you always being incorrect. Um, but in this episode, he's very much he's spot on on everything he, he says and does and I, it'd be nice for him to be wrong perhaps yeah there are yeah a lot of what he says in this a lot of his lines are old school Avon but yeah. we also get in this episode some of Paul Darrow's more flamboyant gestures and oh, facial he's, uh, yeah uh, he's also he's back to uh, fanning his gun isn't he he's back to fanning his gun oh. I think it can be explained away. I think Avon has lost his mind, you know, or he's yeah. starting to lose his mind. The, 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 just the, the, the burden of what he did in Terminal, what he is responsible yeah. for. He, he's, he's having a breakdown, and I think you can explain this away, you know, in Paul Darrow's could, I mean, there's, yeah, there is a, I mean, there's a, a fan theory, isn't there, that season four Avon is finally, he's gone psychotic he's lost his mind now how much of that was planned and is really careful acting i don't know um you know it might be a conscious choice um but yeah you can certainly you can say that he's no longer he's no longer sort of functioning on all cylinders is he in this no no i mean Um, we were saying just then about comparing the way back with Gal yeah. Prime, um, a Blake, um, uh, um, the very last episode. But if you look at the Avon of season one and the Avons of season four, they're completely different characters. Oh, it's different characters. Uh, when Avon's first introduced, he's Spock, isn't he? He's the Spock yes. uh, copy. Um, he's he's not a leader. He's you know he's there to give the technical jargon. He's there to do the, the little quippy quips yeah um yeah completely different character which is i mean that's good because people do change over time and the stuff that they've been through they would i think they probably would change i mean whether you prefer early avon or or later every line's a quip avon i mean that's down to individual choice i i sort of i like the earlier avon when he was still a a believable character hmm yeah well, Dana wants to go back because if it is booby trap, she's got to go back. Avon tries to stop her, and and 
she, Dana here, I mean, as we say, Avon oh. is responsible for everything yeah. that's happened, for marooning them on this planet. They've lost the most powerful starship in the galaxy. It's all his fault. And this is the only real time there's any sort of, like, anger towards yeah. Avon for what's happened. With the stay out my way, Avon, and, and goes off. Which is as it should be. It's a shame Tarrant's not like that. It's a shame Villa's yeah. not like that, you know? Um, yeah, it's... I, I, either they're very pragmatic, these people, or they're so used to him screwing up that it's like, oh, Avon, what have you done? Mm, you yeah, know, I don't know. But I, what annoys me as well with, with Dana in this and is the fact that she instantly becomes a screaming heroine. Mm-hmm. And it's it's... It's awful and jarring, and it'll be interesting as we progress and watch more episode four, uh, season four episodes, whether this is a, a continuing trend. I feel so sorry for her, yeah. in this episode. Yeah, I mean, I haven't um, gone back and researched any of season four because we're doing this sequentially. Yeah. Um, but I feel so sorry for her when you see her in the first episode of season three where she is a weapons expert and great at martial arts and stuff and yeah she is the damsel in distress because she gives him a bit of attitude goes off and what within 30 seconds has stumbled across this great snake thing yeah and is immediately in peril and just calling out for help also the 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 snake thing isn't very mobile (laughs) so how how they keep continually getting harassed by one i I remember again. This was this was in the um, Blake Seven Monthly magazine. There was a there, this this snake thing was like shown as being look at the look at the wonderful effects we've got in season four. Look how amazing this is like a cantina creature, uh, but it's not really. It's 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 a, it's a vacuum cleaner hose with teeth. It's, and like, uh, as you say yeah. there, how how can something like that? creep up on you we mentioned on our sister show effectively speaking when we did last did blake seven it was the high harvest of kairos which we will yes. do on this show eventually but the point was raised again with dana how can that spider ant thing creep up on her you know, yeah. and put her in peril moving that slowly i think uh, the bbc science fiction show characters have no peripheral vision but i also think they 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 move at the speed of caris the mummy don't they from the old universal they 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 creep along i mean literally this this is so silly and especially when um they fall down the very gentle incline (laughs) and get trapped yeah uh, I, i wonder if it was scripted better and it's just they've got to the location and thought we're just going to have to do this best we can. Yeah, I mean the snake's not bad. You know, it's got the this four mandible thing snapping yeah. open. It's, only, which, it's a bit alien esque, isn't it? They've well, got, I they, was thinking they've, more they've predator. Started. You know how the predator's mandible opens? Yeah, it, was, this when is a was four predator? mandible. Well, I, that's what I was going to say. This predates yeah. it. This is 1981. Predator yeah. was 1987. So oh, this is six years years before. And uh, apparently, I've just been talking to Dave on effectively speaking. We last night we did a. Uh, an episode on Predator and uh, apparently uh, the Predator costume in that film was by the Stan Winston Studios but it was James Cameron who came up with the idea of the mandible thing on the Predator. Now James Cameron is a science fiction fan and this episode came out six years before right? You never know I mean he was over in the UK quite a few times, he was over in the UK for making um, Aliens, you know He might have seen it, yeah. He might have seen it you know? Yeah 
he might he might have thought okay i'm making aliens let's see what the competition is out there tuned into this realized there wasn't any yeah <laughs> I, I, think... I i yeah i wonder if in whether it being because it's sort of you, it's, it feels like Predator as well. I mean, perhaps Jean Claude Van Damme was in this costume as well. I don't know. We've we've never seen uh, we've never seen photos of both of these people together. This is very true. Yeah, yeah, I think you're onto something there, Ian. Yeah. All right. Well, back at the base, Villas helped Taron out of the hatch that leads oh, yeah, down that, underground. That annoys me as well. That What's annoys that? me. I wrote that down on my notes. Why did he save Taron? He hates Taron. Yeah. Why not save Callie? Yeah. Go he for Callie first. Yeah. Yeah. He oh, gets just, Tarrant yeah. out first, tries to go back for Callie, calls for her. There's no reply. And he's going away, and then she, he hears a, a, a psychic yeah. villa, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Also, how did he get Tarrant up that long ladder that Avon climbed, that climbed down in Terminal? It is. It, it, it is a sheer ladder, isn't it? It's a vertical yeah. ladder. There's no way... Unless they were coming, I mean, perhaps this is it. Perhaps, although this this counteracted by dialogue in the program, but perhaps Tarrant wasn't unconscious, climbed almost to the top, and then and villagers pushed him out. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't saving him; he was getting him off the ladder. Yeah, there but go, that retcon. no, but it can't be retcon because later on Avon goes back for Orac and manages to climb up that That's ladder, true, yeah. carrying Orac. You know. Yeah. Perhaps there was a service list. We we might be dissing them. Maybe. I don't know. Just out of shot. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. But, but he attempts to climb back in, but the hatch starts to close and he legs it yeah. because then we get this. Gives up, yeah. Yeah, we get a massive explosion in long shot. That's quite a bit of pyrotechnics going on there by yeah, the BBC. Yeah, I think that's that was everything that was left after the shooting, wasn't it? They thought, oh, yeah, yeah. Bring it all in. And, and we get one of the rare things in this episode that I actually like is that we hear Callie call for Blake as she dies. Yes. Yeah, it is that. That's <laughs> the 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 lady not appearing in this episode, Jan Chapel, actually gives the best performance in this episode. Absolutely, that's strange. Yeah, yeah, it it's so sad and poignant, you know, that her last thought and word was Blake. Or was she blaming him? Blake, <laughs> I'll get you for this. Um, mm. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a lovely moment and it totally is. spoiled by the next, which. Uh, something which is just like you know indicative of this season is we get the most awful video shot of the scorpio flying through space oh, yeah that's yeah that's another thing with this season that that, that they go over from film effects to video effects and it's awful it is awful yeah again this is one of those moments that played better on my little audio cassettes yeah i can i can imagine yeah the budget was better <laughs> Um, yeah, well, and- this is the BBC, isn't it? Because they went out, in the early 80s, they went over to Quantel, which they mm. bought for Top of the Pops. And so suddenly they started using it on Doctor Who and everything. Quantel was a, a, like a, a basically a, a special effects editing package for video, um, which you can do better on your phone now. Um, but at the time, it was the cutting edge. And you, yeah, they start using it more and more in this season. Mm. I mean, if they had filmed it on film... It would have been so much better. I mean, the model yeah. itself, if you see photos right. of, yeah. of the student model, yeah, it was really good. Um, b- but we're not going to talk about that here because we're going to save that for effectively yep. speaking. All right. So we go inside and we get our first look at our focus character. And he's looking through some what looks like desk mounted binoculars. Yeah. 
Yeah, on his gaudy, cheap flight deck, yes. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, so far, so good. When you see him and he's looking in these binoculars, I don't know why anyone would have binoculars desk-mounted. I, I don't know if that's meant well, to signify I, it's a periscope or something. It, yeah, I think possibly. To me, I, I think he's looking at his Viewmaster reels. He's not watching the planet <laughs> at all. He's, 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 he's watching a better show on his Viewmaster. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Star Trek ones. There was a Star yeah, Trek Viewmaster reel. Was, That's yeah, what he's I think looking he's, at. Like, he's, he's looking at that going, oh, I could have been in that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we cut to a wide shot and oh dear, that bridge. I mean, oh God, um, where to start? I mean, I, I, everything's vac formed on that's it. That's exactly what I was just about horrible, to say. Yeah. Everything's clad in yeah. vac form. I don't know if it's tin. It looks like it's tin, but I'm I'm, I'm figuring it's plastic. Very thin panels. Yeah, I, I covering think it's plastic. Everything. Yeah, it it just looks awful. It's terrible. I mean, everything's yeah. far too brightly lit. The chairs are terrible. The colour well, scheme is terrible. The chairs. I remember my brother had a set of um, seats in his. He had a. a kit car in the early 80s and it would they were the identical seats that they use on this the, oh, right weird material it's made from and I, I at the time that was it was like oh they, they've they've been to uh the local kit car place to get their seats <laughs> oh dear it, it is shockingly bad it yeah. really is i mean i like the arts outside of the scorpio i like the design of the scorpio i like <laughs> the color scheme on the outside but the inside doesn't match the outside in the slightest. No. You look at, again, the Millennium Falcon. It's all beat up and weathered and everything. And inside, it's beat up and weathered. The, the two match. Yeah, this doesn't Here, match they don't. They, they don't. Oh, dear. Oh dear. Which, and, and, I was going to say, to be fair, the design... I mean, I'm presuming it's two different designers that did it. They wouldn't have... They don't match. They wouldn't. The, the guy that designed the interior of the Scorpio probably wouldn't, couldn't have cared less, probably hadn't even seen the exterior. I think you're onto something there because, yeah. of course, you know, with the Liberator, it was the same guy. It was Roger yeah. Murray Leach. He designed the which exterior a, and the interior. That's it, which is a very unusual thing in the BBC. Very, very unusual. They, they, they like their demarcation, don't they, between roles on the BBC to the point where they'll go on strike or would have yeah, done that. you don't want to get the unions yeah, involved. Exactly, no. yeah. So, so, yeah, I imagine the guy that designed it probably had never seen the externals and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Dorian's musing. I mean, he looks okay. Yeah. I, I mean, he's nice and grubby. He's got a very 80s spiky hairdo. Yeah, he's... Uh, I mean, I, I quite like the actor's performance as Dorian in this. I think he does some nice, subtle stuff. I'm presuming his, his surname is Grey, yeah, I think, in this. So, yeah. <laughs> um, fan of pictures as well as jumpsuits, that sort of thing. Indeed, um, yes. But yeah, so I, I quite like it. I think he does some, some nice little stuff, but he... I mean, he he looks a little bit like he's wearing guy liner. Yeah. And he's got, yeah, that really strange hair, bouffant hairstyle. Well, um, yeah, I mean, hit now, I mean, 1981, we're in the time of Adam and the Ants. We're in the time yeah. of uh, where the new romantics are starting up, aren't they? We've got the Spandau yes. Ballets and the Duran Durans coming along. So he is totally a snapshot of the time, hair-wise. Oh, you know, but he doesn't... Me and Dorian... I have a variable thoughts about him. He, he varies as we go through this episode, yeah. and I'll mention them. But to begin with, I think he looks fine. Everything's fine with him. I haven't got a problem. Until Slave starts talking. Slave? Yes, Master? How long before we make planets fall? One hour, Master. That is Earth's standard time, of course. I hope that is satisfactory. 
There's still no sign of the Liberator on our screen. I fear not, Master. I'm getting a heavy radiation shadow. Focus looks to be 001 to our present heading. Check it. At once, Master. It appears to be the residual of an explosion, Master. Uh, analysis of the radiation pattern suggests it could have happened near the planet of our destination. And it generated a lot more power than the death of any normal ship would have done. You are correct as always, Master. Do you think it was the Liberator? Thought is beyond my humble capacities, Master. True. And in, now, is that a problem with Slave itself or with his relationship with Slave? No, it's slave. I I can't I can't abide it. It's terrible. I mean, he, it looks called a, sort of okay, you know, but that name and that voice. I know it's pandering to Dorian's ego, yeah. but no, it's just awful. But the trouble is, everything else you find out about Dorian is that he because of his backstory and who he is and what he is, he requires constant. Uh, new pleasures he requires constant uh, excitement he requires constant new thing and i don't think it fits that he would have created a subservient robot like that i think it would be more likely that he would create something like orac that would challenge him hmm. it it just doesn't i can't see him putting up for however many hundreds of years with a, a, a with slave i don't know how Avon put up with it for one season, but <laughs> yeah, it's. I can see that they wanted to do something different from Zen, but this, yeah, it didn't work. Slave. No one cries when Slave dies. Nobody cries when Scorpio crashes either. Yeah, everyone just laughs and goes, "Well, they didn't fit the seats down, idiots." <laughs> um, yeah, it's. It brings you out of it. It's not believable, is it at all? No, no, and I put. Poor, is it Tuddingham? Peter Tuddingham? Peter Tuddingham, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's brilliant as Orac, yeah. brilliant as Zen, but oh, I, yeah. I can't stand his slave. He's got a little bit too much of the Parkers from Thunderbirds about him as well. It's I very much so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but Dorian, he's looking for and can't find the Liberator, uh, yes. which immediately clues you onto something there, you know. Um, yeah, where's at, it gone? <laughs> yeah. Back on Where's Terminal, no yeah, he he knows, you know, he yeah. knows the Liberators at Terminal, but he can't find it. Um, back on Terminal, Tarrant's come round, and Avon's trying to fix Orac, and Tarrant finds out that Cal is dead. Villa rescued me. You were injured trying to rescue Cali. He rescued you. Suddenly, I'm hip deep in heroes. Where is Cali? Cali is dead. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. He went back in. You wanted to be a hero, too. We needed Aurak. We still do. Aurak got a bit dented. For which he blames me. It seems I rescued the wrong one. First light. We'll make for the high ground to the south. Now, I like the pause from Paul Darrow. When Tarrant asks him if he's sure, there is a pause from Paul Darrow, and he goes, yeah. yes, I'm sure, you know. Um, and that's when we find out from Dana that, yes, Avon went down to get Aurac. Which, again, all the best acting in this episode is done on location. Mm, yeah. Yeah, once we get back to the yeah. studio, oh, dear. Yeah, when, once we hit Zen on base, it's just, it's pantomime season, isn't it? 
Oh, yes. Uh, they set off. You know, they've got to make for the high ground. Uh, but they get split up as Tarrant lags behind and Avon goes off to get him. And what you said to earlier, Dana's in trouble again. She's fallen off of a cliff. Yeah. Well, it's not even a cliff, is it? It's not you know, a cliff. You say, it's, it's an incline. slight incline, yeah. Villa goes looking for her and he falls off in the most rubbish way. The, the only more rubbish fall I've ever seen um, is... Sarah Jane Smith yes. tumbling <coughs> in the Five Doctors, yeah. where she just goes. Possibly ah! the same location. <laughs> it yeah. might be, <coughs> but yeah, it it cheapens both characters, and that's the trouble with it. Yeah, yeah I know no. that they, you know, they want to set up Dorian, and but it it just surely there could have been a better way. That perhaps you know why not have them sat around the fire at night, and he gets the drop on them, something mm. like you know, I don't know. It yeah, just, but he does appear. He appears yeah. at the top of the incline to save them. And this is where I start to go off him. Up till now, I've been all right with him. He's got his hands on his hips. Nobody should ever, ever have their hands on their hips. You know, you just look stupid. Well, I think you need to if you're going to do the time warp. But that's about <laughs> it, isn't it? I don't think, yeah. Yeah. Superman I, gets away with it, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're doing the time warp or you're Superman, but that's yeah. about it. Yeah. But Avon gets the drop on him. Um, and they're all off to the Scorpio. Dorian says he's a salvage man, and Villa spots what looks like a teleport bay. Yeah. What are you doing on this planet? I could ask you the same thing. You could, but I have the gun. I'm a salvage man. Who are you working for? Oh, there's no profit in working for anybody except yourself. It all looks standard enough, except for that. Will you tell me? I bought the ship second hand. That was part of the fixtures and fittings. I've never been able to work out what the hell it was for. You know what it looks like, Avon? Shut up, Villa. Oh. Avon and Villa. You've heard of us? Should I have done? Are you in the salvage game too? Yes, that's right. Oh. I thought I knew most of the independents working this sector. Why Villa spots that, I don't yeah. know. And how he spots it looks yeah. like a, a teleport bay, because it doesn't look like the it, Liberator's teleport it, bay, no. and the Liberator's the only thing that's got a teleport. He said. He, it, looks, it looks like a half-completed B&Q shower stall, doesn't <laughs> it? Someone's trying to make a wet room, and it's they have not finished it. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know how. A, it should have been Tarrant or Avon, but obviously they just wanted to give lines out. Um, that that spotted it, and B, how the hell would you, why would you look at that and go, ooh, it's a mm. teleport bay? No. Yeah. All right. Well, Dorian says he's there to s strip stuff out of Terminal, um, yeah. and as he does so, this is where I really start going off of him because he becomes unbearably smug. Now, I don't know if if the actor's trying to channel. Harrison Ford as Han Solo to be some sort of like cocky rogue sort of Han Solo, but I'm not buying it at all here. Yeah, well, Han Solo, even in Star Wars, Han Solo had different facets to his character, didn't he? Mm. He wasn't just he wasn't just a smug person. Mm. Um, yeah, I I don't mind. I mean, I I don't mind the performance that the actors give in here because I quite like the fact that once. Up till this point, he's been nice, to, and he's sort of he's trying to put an effort in. He's trying, and then as soon as he knows that they're on the way, sort of thing, he changes completely, and he becomes this, this, let's like say, arrogant. And yeah. I quite like that. Um, 
but then everything's let down by his death scene, which yeah, we'll, be, we'll yeah. be shortly along to that. Um, earthquake start, um, stock volcano. Yes, stock footage fo- fo- comes footage into view. Yeah. yeah, Dorian's knocked out and Tarrant has to take the ship up. Again, I don't like them trying to do digital. You've got the most god-awful yeah. countdown on those TVs yes. that or, are on the bridge. Yeah, which do- doesn't quite even work as a digital countdown. It's a little bit out, isn't it, when it's showing it it's not yeah yeah not it's not the greatest of effects no but taron takes the ship up the close-ups on on stephen pacey do him no favors he's his perm is really quite damp at this point (laughs) and that's not a good look the the whole point of someone doing a a takeoff and sweating because it's such hard only works if you've got a joystick and it's a plane and your muscles are you know if you're pressing a button on a small unconvincing (laughs) plastic tray you can't do that style of acting with come on come on you're pressing a button mate yeah it doesn't hold it onto your car seat yeah (laughs) again it's the it's the fanning of the gun it's like they've obviously they've gone through rehearsals to 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 learn this stuff to what they're going to and then they get on set and they don't adapt it to to what's actually there but we get a nice lift off of the Scorpios because they filmed it against the real sky yeah and if you film anything against the real sky it instantly has another level of believability it's like what they did on uh, the Jerry Anderson film that journey to the far side of the sun the uh, the 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 rocket taking off they've they've okay they were on an industrial state outside Swindon but they 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 aimed the camera so you just had the rocket and the sky and it looks so much better they have real clouds in the sky there that's it because nature's got a better budget than the studios have yeah yeah, yeah. But then we cut and we've got the most terrible, terrible, awful shot of it in space. Yeah. I mean, we, ha- yeah. we, we have Jeez, a rating system digital, on, effectively yeah. speaking, of uh, 1 to 10. And if we do do an episode on the Scorpio, you know, that involves it in flight, it's not going to be above 5. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna wreck your averages, isn't it? That one? It certainly is. It certainly is. Um, <laughs> but back inside the ship, Villa opens the weapons locker and we get the guns. Um, but yeah it's another example i think of season four of how watered down and not very interesting some of the designs were okay yeah they've got to come up with a new type of gun but as you say very similar to you know han solo's gun which was based on a mauser like that um and just aluminium and shiny and a bit blah to me yeah yeah just like you say it's it, it there's not much interest there no I mean, they, they sort of went, they tried to put some interest in it by saying, oh, different clips were doing different things. And then we never really see it doing anything. It just was, does sparklers and kills people. Yeah, that was my next question. Dana says the guns have got a clip for every type of bullet yeah. needed. How does she know? Because when you see the gun rack, you've got, yeah, you've got these different coloured things. There's no labels on them. No, what she should say is it's got different clips. They've got different tape on them. <laughs> yeah, the fact that she she glanced it for thirty seconds, not well, not even that, about two seconds, and says, you know, there's there's nothing freaky about this. This is so high tech. You don't know. You haven't fired it. It might be a toy. <laughs> I think she's making it up as yeah. she goes along. I think so. I think she's she's like Avon. She's read the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we cut to Zen and Base, and we see Sulin for the first time. Yes. Okay. Now I 
so feel for Glynis Barber. I mean, saddled with that hideous jumpsuit she's got. Yes. And Everyone some... gets horrible jumpsuits. But also it's throughout season four, I always remember she has some of the worst hairdos in yes. this in this series. I mean, I guess they're going for futuristic, but the, with the hairdos. But oh no, it's terrible. I don't. Also, I can't. I can't see what. I mean, she's a very Glynis Barber, superb actress. I've seen mm. her in other stuff. She does a really good job. Um, but I can't see the, what the character is bringing to this show. Even if they had carried it on rather than just having, you know, she instantly isn't a wonderful gunfire. But so you've now got two female characters and their overriding traits are meant to be that they're both weapons experts. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't know no. what. The whole point of assembling a team like this is that each person has a distinct capability. And, and yeah, this is. I, I just don't understand what. It almost feels like she's a leftover from a different version of the script. Well, I know that Chris Boucher originally, that, that this script was written without Callie dying, okay? Because right. at that point, when they were initially putting together the scripts and everything, Jan Chappell had not said, I'm not coming back, you know? So yes. um, Callie was always meant to be in this uh, in this story, and it was ha- had to be rewritten. And the Sulin character then had to be created, and it's like I guess I guess it's a time thing. It's if it's like right, you've lost one female, we're getting a new female. She's got to have a quirk to her. I don't know why they ever did that because you know when when you mention a quirk, they very rarely used it. But it's yeah. like yeah, well we've already got a pilot, we've got a computer person, we've got a thief, you know, we've got a weapons expert. What can this new character do? We can't have another telepathic one. That's pushing it no. a bit much. Oh, we'll just have another gunslinger. But I, I I sort of I think and I stand to be corrected if someone unearths a script where this character is compelling and you know relevant to the plot. I imagine you're you're exactly right that they thought that they thought okay we've lost Callie we got to bring someone in. What sort of character is going to get the best headlines? Uh, oh well it's going to be Emma Peel style character isn't it? So mm. but this is futuristic gunslinger and I think it's a horribly calculated headline grabbing character which it worked because i can remember at the time she was all over the papers yes you know sexy With her gunslinger gun. in space yeah. yeah always pointing the gun or holding the gun up she always had yeah. her gun that was the thing wasn't it that's it yeah and then never ever ever does anything with it in the program no. in fact i mean her one contribution to this is where she she outdraws avon but avon yes. draws his gun so slowly i, I could have <laughs> outdrawn him and yeah, also, I mean, the other thing that annoys me, sorry to interrupt, the other thing that annoys me, I've got to get this out, is that the actor playing uh, Dorian doesn't say her name correctly. Or no. everyone else <laughs> says her name wrong. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, so, yeah, yeah, we were introduced to her. We're also introduced to the lounge, um, yes. which, again, is, it's a total, oh, what were they thinking? It, it looks it looks like a horrible um, departure lounge from a cheap airline, doesn't it? It's not, mm. yeah, not it's good. It's not good. It's not good. Right back on the Scorpio, um, Avon tells Dorian to wake up. Yeah, because um, he's read the script and he knows he's awake. Wake up, Dorian. Do as the lady says, Dorian. Wake up now or sleep for good. The choice is yours. How did you know? 
That little tap on the head didn't put you out for more than ten minutes. Why did you wait till now? Because there wasn't anything you could do for me until now. Dorian! I'm going to override that creepy flight computer of yours and leave you in orbit while I catch up on my sleep, unless you answer me now. Answer You're going to kill me anyway, sooner or later. You would prefer it sooner? Uh, we get a ra <laughs> rather naff approach to the base. Yeah. Um, but great model work as it descends. I'm sure, just like, you know, at the beginning of season one, you know, they, they blew the effects budget almost immediately. Yes. This this cost a lot of money. To, well, it must have, because I seem to remember they use it every other episode. They do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they go into the base, they go into the lounge. Dorian recognizes Aurak, but yep. he, he, does, he doesn't let on. And Villa decides to take the Federation rifle. Uh, we get a very nice close-up of it there, you know, showing off Martin Bauer's yeah. handiwork. It's a good-looking rifle. I do like yeah. that design. So they come onto the base, a security door closes, and instantly Dorian drops his smugness, because he knows now yes. that they're trapped, and they need him to open the door. Yeah, and he doesn't really care. I, I, I think it's a nice bit of performance from the actor, I think. Mm. It's, it's, you know, it's subtle in an episode that's not exactly full of subtle. Yeah, he's got them now. He's got them. Yep. He, he can drop all pretense. He now. doesn't care now, does he? He no, really he doesn't, doesn't care. care. No. Uh, they go. They go into the lounge, and Sulin is there, and she's subjected to a very uncomfortable snog. I thought. Yes. Yeah. That's that. That would uh, that would get a Me Too hashtag, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and she goes off to pour the drinks. Uh, that outfit. When she goes off to pour the drinks, that that outfit's not doing her any favors at all. I. Jump. I mean, being a costume person myself, and I've made a few jumpsuits and worn a few jumpsuits. Jumpsuits. No one in their right mind chooses to wear a jumpsuit. They <laughs> you, they don't flatter anybody. They're uncomfortable. As soon as you bend over, if you're a man, you you pretty much castrate yourself. They're they then. It, I know why they've done it because they want again want to draw a distinction, and everyone from this episode onwards everyone has a uniform mm. a uniform look and you get at least in old Blake seven i say hold oh, it's like i've i've totally dismissed this season it's, it's something completely different um but in in proper Blake seven seasons one to three um although you get recurrence of of costumes every episode they're changing sometimes during an episode they change their outfit mm. as hopefully people do yeah you know, perhaps that's why season four, the fans like it, because it finally justifies them not changing their clothes. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, Dorian, uh, as you say, he he lets yeah. us know Sulin's talents and she outdraws Avon. Yeah. Um, uh, and I like I like Paul Darrow's face on that. He, he's, he's got a bit of a <laughs> snarl not, yeah. to that. Yeah. Yeah. So he, it's, it's sort of that old bugger moment, and it? He gives. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and Dana starts to figure out that always not quite what it seems yeah. um, because of the number of um, yes. uh, glasses that have been put out. And if Callie again, hadn't yeah. died, there, that's there, right. Yeah, there, yeah, there would be a uh, there's a, a glass put out one, for Callie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which again, nice nice little bit of subtlety there. If I wanted you dead, there are much more direct ways of achieving it. I could snap my fingers. And you're dead. Fast, isn't she? Be so good as to pour my guests some wine, Sulin. Well, surely now you can 
allow yourselves to trust me. He who trusts can never be betrayed, only mistaken. Callie once told me that that was a saying amongst her people. Callie? Callie was murdered. So were most of her people. Seven glasses. I'm sorry. You've laid out seven glasses, one too many. Not to worry. I'll get the extra one. You know, if Callie had escaped with us, there wouldn't be an extra one. It's just coincidence. If you'll excuse me, I have things to attend to. When you're ready, Sulin will show you to your quarters. You'll find everything there you need, including fresh clothes. Yeah, and and it's good. Dana has actually worked something out. She's actually yeah. contributed something other than just being somebody yeah. in peril. All, all Villa sin is that there's an extra drink for him. Yeah, that's, that's a good Villa line, you know. Yeah. Of course, you know, Chris Boucher wrote this. Chris yes. Boucher yeah. has an affinity for Villa and Avon. So, yeah. But uh, Dorian tells them that, you know, that they have quarters and they have a change of clothes. You know, the uniforms that they're going to wear yeah. for the majority yeah, of the rest of, of their season. lives. Yeah. Yeah, poor old Villa. Um, Dorian, he, he goes down a spiral staircase into a, a studio cave where there's a lot oh, of dry geez. ice that I'm guessing has yeah. wafted in from Top of the Pops next door. Yeah, and then wafted out again. There's not enough. You can no, see what they're aiming at, but there isn't enough. So you it see starts the in the right-hand yeah. side, and yeah you, yeah, yeah, you see the shiny floor, and it comes in from the right, and it's wafting. So you've obviously yeah. got some guy off to one end with the smoke gun puffing it away, yeah. or some guy on a pipe, you know, but it doesn't last. It's not sustained. Yeah, it um, it doesn't help itself. It, it, in fact, since we've landed, everything starts to look shoddy. It does, doesn't it? Talking of shoddy, as he staggers down, he's all grey-haired and washed out. That's yes. not good makeup. Yeah. I thought he looked a bit like Roy Batty's dad at this yeah. point because his hair has he... now got completely white. It's still all spiky, but uh, yeah, Roy Batty's daddy, best uh, yeah. definitely. He he it, that when he appears there, he always reminds me, and I think it was the Fast Year where they had the the recurring sketch which was an actor sat in a lovely actor sat in front of a yes a mirror and he would give all these things about we're going to do this and then just puts talcum powder in his hair every time and i, <laughs> and I thought yeah that's what you've done there isn't it yeah um he starts talking to a shadowy figure yes are you there i have them they're here. That's close enough. <coughs> One of the group was killed before I got there. But the group remains. Bound together by time and pain and the need to survive. The death of the telepath will make it more difficult. They can still be used. <coughs> it must be soon. And the creature says it must be soon. And it's clearly in its close-up. <laughs> it's a reused sea devil from yep. Pertwee's Doctor Who, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's not even well disguised, if they bothered disguising it at all. I mean, even at the time when I was watching it, I, you know, I was like, it's a sea devil. Hmm. I don't know if they if they painted it or if it's just like the 
the the, the green gels on the lighting because uh, it looks green. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's good to see that they still had a Sea Devil in 1981. It hadn't all been you know shipped out to Longleat for the exhibitions. That's or true. Anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I imagine it annoyed the uh, the collectors that you know realised that an original Sea Devil had been ruined. But mm, yeah, we go back to the lounge and our crew are now in their natty new outfits. Now this They're raises a question, yeah. right? All apart from Avon, Avon yeah. hasn't got changed, but uh, they've all got changed, right? Yep. Does that mean that the outfit that Tarrant and Villa are wearing are, belong to Dorian? Because I can't well, see Dorian wearing them. Yeah. No, or fitting into them. No. Everything <laughs> fits perfectly. And again, going back to jumpsuits, they've got to be very carefully measured for you. Mm. The, yeah, it's it's silly. It's. I, I mean, I suppose you could put it down to this is Dorian planning ahead. But I, I can sort of buy that he knew the Liberator was a to terminal i can sort of buy that he knew who was on the liberator i can sort of buy that i can't buy that he also went into their inner leg measurements <laughs> or bothered because he's going to kill him yeah yeah, yeah. Or, well not kill him but well i suppose yeah slowly kill them you could say that actually they're not dorians or sulins you know for danas but they are actually clothing of past victims we're getting ahead of ourselves here That's but true, it could yeah. be yeah 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 it could be could or be. We could, if we're charitable, say they've got a replicator. Which is never mentioned for for the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Could be. But if that's the case, why do they only have two outfits each Mm. that they then wear, one for the first half of the season and one for the second half? Yeah, yeah. But Villa can't open the door that would get them back to the Scorpio. Um, And Dorian, meanwhile, he's back to his youthful self, and he's in a lovely red number. Yeah, he's. Uh, I can. I can almost see that when when Avon gets his, he's wearing Dorian's. Yeah. I can see Dorian wearing what Avon wears. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he he's repaired Orac, who yes. he's talking to, and here we get some. I've said it's Chris Boucher, and he can do some great dialogue. We got some great dialogue um, from Chris Boucher when Avon enters. I naturally took the opportunity to study all the systems on the Liberator. A few, a very few, were of minor interest. I would not, however, number the teleport system amongst these. But you do know how it worked. Of course I know how it worked. Well, then you will tell me now. There seems little point in wasting time on such an explanation, since you would be incapable of understanding it. Don't be insolent! A statement of fact cannot be insolent. Besides, insolence implies an emotional relationship which does not and could not exist between us. Orak must make a refreshing change from that flight computer of yours. Come on in, Avon. Neat job. Thank you. I thought you would probably have the necessary equipment somewhere around, but I didn't expect you to do the work as well. Who designed it? His name was Ensor. (laughs) I should have known. He was never a gracious man. Orak reflects his personality. Orak was the culmination of his life's work. He bequeathed it to an associate of mine. Who bequeathed it to me. You must have been very young when you met Ensor. Must I? He spent the last 20 years of his life in hiding. Well, then I must have been very young. 
Did you do the modifications to the flight computer? Yes. I created Slave. What about these? Those as well. And all this? I found the chambers and tunnels already here. I merely had them adapted to my particular needs. <laughs> what did you do in your spare time? Yeah, he uh, he does some some good witty repartee between Dorian and Avon. And it's some nice stuff about uh, that. Obviously, Dorian were you know studied with uh, Ensor. Mm. Um, but again, it it it's a get one of those isn't it a small universe type coincidences yeah. that he was a student of Ensor, because I'm sure later on in the series we meet another student of Ensor. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I, a little bit it cheap. Is, yeah, no, there is great dialogue here, and and my favourite is when Avon says, you know, about how he, he it belonged to Blake. He bequeathed, oh no, it it was Ensor. He bequeathed it to an associate yeah. of mine who bequeathed it to me. Yeah, <laughs> I love the way it's he mine. It's yeah. my toy. Yeah. and I like how he calls Blake an associate. He's yeah. not like a colleague or a teammate or a friend, an associate. Yeah, because I, I, I mean. I, I, Avon hated Blake, I think. That's the, the general impression I get. Mm. Mm. Yeah. All right, well, Dana and Tarrant, they go down the same spiral staircase while Villa's found the yep. wine cupboard. Yeah, so he gets uh, a lovely line, doesn't he, that never trust a man that locks up his booze. <laughs> Dana and Tarrant, they end up at a dead end. Tarrant heads yeah. back. A hatch in the floor opens. Dana goes down um, and finds the creature... Tries yes, to go this... back up, but the hatch closes. Yeah, the particularly cheap-looking hatch closes. Yes. Yeah, they, they, and... they do a close-up on it, and it looks awful. Yeah, yeah. Again, um, yeah. A- Avon orders Dorian to stop playing game games, and he finds that his gun doesn't work at this point. Yeah. I was hoping you might be able to help me with it. It's not really my field. No. No. But for what it's worth, it looks to me as though you'll need to start again from scratch and try a different approach. I've already tried four different approaches. I mean, go back to basic theoretical principle. That's what I did. Working alone. Of course. At a conservative estimate, that sort of research and development would have taken you 20 years of uninterrupted effort. 30 years, actually. All right, Dorian, let's stop playing games. You disappoint me, Avon. You, of all people, should know the intellect is a much more powerful weapon than the gun. Particularly when the gun doesn't work. Sulin removed the magazine and replaced it with a dummy. Which I um I I think Avon is cleverer than that. I can't I mean they they say that oh it's when he was in the shower. So A you've got a picture Dorian creeping in while Avon's in the shower and you know deactivating his gun. But I I I think Avon's the sort of person that would take his gun into the shower with him. He would. I think so. It, it's not wash and go, it's wash and shoot, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wash and blow, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, he doesn't do a costume change, but now his costume is yeah. immaculate. It's been covered with all that chalk from the chalk pits that they've yeah. just been in. Um, but now, you know, uh, I don't know if he maybe had, he had the shower wearing the clothes. I don't know. Well, it might have been a sonic shower. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, he takes Avon to... write this rubbish, really. <laughs> He takes Avon to the lounge where a tipsy yes. villa hides and overhears Dorian's story. Yeah. 
Deep in the rock below this base, there's a room. I found it when I first came here. As far as I can tell, it was carved from some mineral deposit, a pocket of some element which I still know very little about, despite nearly 200 years of study. If at first you don't succeed. You think I'm insane, don't you? It had occurred to me. The room exists, Avon. And since I found it, I haven't aged one day. It cleanses me of all the corruptions of time and appetite. Appetite? I can do anything, Ava. Most madmen can. I can indulge any taste, any sensation, any vice I wish. And the room cleanses you. Exactly. You really are insane, aren't you? Um, and it's the picture of Dorian Gray. It is, the name. yeah. It's <laughs> exactly that. Um, I, it's, it's not even subtle, is it? It's like it's they didn't not. even call him, you know, Borean or something like that. So, yeah, it's it's a picture of Dorian Gray, which, I, I mean, I, I, I presume most... Because it's it, it I, don't, I don't know what the rest of the world's like, but over here... If you do any sort of English literature course, that's one of the books you mm. generally have to read. Um, so I think most of the audience would have been familiar with this. Yeah. I would have thought, you know, it's not again know. not very subtle. Maybe it's may, maybe the intention was that it was a comedy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All right, but in comes Sulin, and we get her backstory. Yes. Um, but Dorian orders both of them to go down to the cave. And Villa scuttles back and bumps into the Federation rifle that's been dumped on the floor behind a settee. Um, now you know why he picked it up <laughs> earlier exactly, in the yeah. episode. Plot convenience, yep. It totally and utterly is, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, they're down in the cave and Dorian tells them exactly what's going to happen to them now. After what you've been through together, you couldn't fail to care for each other. Even you, Avon. Spare me the amateur psychology. I wouldn't expect you to admit it. But you belong to them, Avon, just as they belong to you. That's why I rescued you. I thought you wanted the teleport system. Orak will give me that. What you will give me, all of you, is life. Killing us won't give you life. Suvin is a stranger to you. But one outsider can be absorbed in the Gestalt. Gestalt? Together you will become one creature. A Gestalt. It will be a strong creature. It will absorb much more than an individual could before it dies. Yeah, he uh, he wants to create a Gestalt creature, a gestalt. doesn't he? Did you know the word yeah. Gestalt? Before no, you this was... This? Um, uh, a great many words I learned were from like Doctor and Blake 7 and that where they would use these words and then I'd go and oh I've got to look this up so well done yeah. it you know was uh, intellectually uh, stimulating I had that um, with Doctor Who with the word entropy I'd never yeah. heard the word entropy before and That's I hadn't good. heard it Gestalt go and look. Yeah. yeah and I hadn't heard Gestalt before yes so yeah that, that they're going to be absorbed all, all of them are going to be absorbed to, to give Dorian more life because they're going to take yep. the place of this sea devil. Yes, and uh, it's, it's just yeah, it's a weird thought, and they're just going to be a, a, a blobby sea devil. Yeah, 
Yeah. Would they Actually, be I, I, one blobby sea devil? Or would well, they that's be what I don't know. Many I think this could have been devils. a more interesting season four. Just an hour each week of watching them slowly merge into being a blobby sea devil. <laughs> It, it 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 would uh, be better than some of the episodes, definitely. Yeah, I think so. But they're about to be absorbed when Villa throws Ave on the rifle, who shoots yep. the creature, and then we get. Oh, <laughs> how do we describe the 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 um, Dorian? The His Dorian's death in here. Yes. Oh Jesus! It's oh, it's possibly the worst death scene ever put on film. Mm. I I I, I can't watch it. The, yeah. At the end, when it's you know just tons of latex on 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 somebody, that's fine. But it's that first, yeah. Two. St- I think there's four stages to it. You know. Well, you got uh, you but, got the actor that 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 sort of does a pantomime screaming session and falls to the floor. Yeah. Now, had the dry ice not run out. That might have that might have been quite creepy. He falls below the mist, and you hear this. You just see a, a a BBC actor rolling about on a BBC studio floor that looks like they haven't swept it, um, yeah. with a little bit of dry ice. It's it's terrible. It's awful, isn't it? It's yeah. awful. And then it, it keeps it does it doesn't even try and really do any lap dissolves, does it? It go it goes back you to get like reaction the, shots. Yeah, reaction <laughs> shots of the crew go, and then it cuts back, and it's the worst. Oh, it's just yeah, the worst it is awful. work. I mean, this I would be a one if we were talking about this on effectively oh, yeah, speaking. This, 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 this is definitely a one, you know. Yeah, one for effort. Yeah. That's what they would get. <laughs> but uh, he ends up as a pile of dust, which then blows away in a very yeah. Hammer horror um, style. Yeah. I wonder. I I think we should have got some sequel stories where uh, where Sulin sweeps up. Dorian's ashes, <laughs> uh, and then hangs Villa upside down, and cuts his throat, and reconstitutes him. There you go. All right. That's season five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Sea Devil is now an unblemished youth. Now, yes. it, presumably, this is Dorian's partner. Are we meant to believe that this is Dorian's partner? Uh, it, it's muddled, isn't it? Because they say the original creature was Dorian's partner, but then. Yeah. Presumably, he brought lots and lots of other people down, and they all merged into the blobby sea devil. So why don't we see? Why why are they not good enough to get rid? Well, I think is that is Dorian's partner, and and the yeah. sacrifices that come down are sacrificed to the sea devil, who absorbs yeah. their yeah, life. And so yeah, when when it's shot, it is Dorian's partner. Yeah. Okay. Do you think the sea devil has to poo? <laughs> Again, you're thinking too much. I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. go into that corner of the cave. No. the The episode ends abruptly, which I'm very grateful yeah. for, and it it ends abruptly with a very good line from um, Villa about giving up the booze. I'm going to give up drinking, you know. It'll be pink asteroids next. It, it, that that it's a good line, but that's very. I mean, that's been a standard Hollywood trope since the 1930s, isn't it? Where uh, an alcoholic person will see something and do a double take and then I'm putting the bottle down yeah. and it's the verbal equivalent of that but yeah it's not I mean it's it's almost we're, yeah we're sort of starting getting to the every episode has to end on a comedy line yeah, yeah. I mean that ain't good that ain't yeah. good no alright so that's that's the episode over so um, we'll have a little talk about the actor um, played by guy by uh, played by Jeffrey uh, Burridge who for ages I didn't spot as being one half of a duo. 
that were one of my favourite things in an American werewolf in London. Uh, the eternally, che- the <laughs> eternally cheerful dead couple who appear yeah. near, the, near the end to discuss with the other victims how David should kill himself. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I must admit, it's, it's been ages since I've seen it, but when you mentioned the other day about this, it was like, oh, because I, 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 I think I was saying to you that I don't remember this actor from anything else. Mm. Yeah. Um, he had been in Emmerdale and things like that, but I didn't watch Emmerdale, no. you know, and he'd been in things like Crown Court, which I remember being on, but God, I, I yeah. don't remember any of them. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. He he was one of this dead couple, um, and I think the reason I didn't spot him because this is only, he he made that only a year before he did Dorian here yeah. was he's got the old Kensington Gore all down his face yeah. hasn't he in American Wealth in London? But uh, when you know it's him, I'll put it up on the Facebook page. When you know that that's Jeffrey Burridge, you can see that's Dorian sitting in a porno yeah. cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, as I say, I only know him from the two roles, um, and he, he, I didn't get much more of a chance to, to see him uh, as he died only six years later, and he was only 38 when he died. I've got trousers older than that. Yes, yeah. So that's it, and and because he hasn't been in much, his, his genre tally, I'm afraid, yeah. is only two, which is oh. uh, Blake Seven and An American Wealth in London. Oh, he's going he's to be one of the um, the lowest scorers, I think. I think so, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a downer ending to this episode, but yeah. <laughs> it, we end are talking on, about you, season you know four. Yeah, we, well, we, perhaps we should end on a joke. <laughs> <laughs> season four is a joke, isn't it? Well, that's true, yeah. There but you go, that, yeah. that was my um, joke. Yeah, it is It's, it's quite sad for the actor. Cause I, I quite enjoyed him in this. I always, you know, I know you've got sort of uh, reservations about certain parts of this thing, but I, I thought you think he did a good job. Like I say, apart from his death scene. Yeah. Which was that awful. and his smugness. I, that are the yeah, two bits. Yeah. I, the rest of him, he's perfectly fine. And he looks the part, yeah. you know, um, he would have been a, a, a much better Tarrant, I think. You yes. know, he could have been a good Tarrant, but, um, yeah, yeah. So that's it. That's this episode over. Um, mm. And and as I said, you know, towards the beginning of the show, you know, we go one, two, three, four, and the next one we're going to have, we're going to have a special episode. And I've been having to think about what we're going to do for the next episode. And next episode, I'm sorry, and this is news to you. Cause yeah, it's I just a complete I'd... surprise. This is this is like the the cast being told season four is going to happen. Yes, it is. There yeah. you go. And I, I mean, this is the point where you could do a Jane Chappelle and go, right, that's it, I'm off. I'm out of here. Um, No, uh, stay tuned for the next episode, which we're going to be talking about the mutoids. Oh, very nice, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Nothing wrong with them. Bit different. So uh, yeah, so stay tuned, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Em. Bye.